Hello everyone, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your, your host, Monica, and I am joined by my awesome host, Glenn. Say hi, Glenn. Hi guys, hi everybody. <laughs> Just want to let you guys know, I'm also streaming on TikTok for the first time while I'm doing this, so we'll see how that goes. If it's you're watching an adventure. On, <laughs> it's an adventure, we're trying something new. So if you're listening on TikTok, you know, feel free to follow us. Uh, we're recording our... I've been meaning to watch that podcast. We also have a TikTok page. So, you know, check that out if you'd like to. And yeah, that's basically it. Um, so today, guys, we're going to be talking about the Tindler Swindler, Bad Vegan. And we're also going to be talking about Inventing Anna. You know, just a bunch of documentaries about uh, women being manipulated, men scamming people out of their money, and all the hijinks that come with it. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that... We're going to talk about Can't Wait to Watch, which are movies and TV shows that we cannot wait to see that are coming out soon. And Glenn, I like everybody I know has been telling me about Everywhere, Everything All at Once. I think that's the name of it, right? Yeah, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. I I have to find time to watch it. I, I have also to find do. Okay, I have wait. to find a day. Like so here's the thing. So yeah. that is definitely on my list as well. Because every mm-hmm. single person I've seen and every single person that I follow who's watched it is like raving about it. Even like Amanda the Jedi. Like I didn't watch mm-hmm. her video because I didn't want spoilers. But she said that like it was one of the best movies that she's seen like this deck, like in the last 10 years. Yeah. Basically every single person who's watched it has given it a like, perfect glowing review. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I need to. Um, I feel that. I seem to find the time. I will. I'll yeah. probably do it this weekend, honestly. Yeah, I totally relate to that. Like, it's so hard because, like, the movie looks great. And I know it's great. And I know it's good. And I can't wait to watch it. And I can't wait to see it. It's just that, like, you just have to find... You just have to find the time to do it. You just have to find the time. That's it. And I love... Also, another thing is that with this movie coming out, there have been a lot of people, like, there have been, like, I don't know what it is about reviewers, but for some reason, white men cannot get around, like, cannot wrap their mind around the idea that, like, there could be movies coming out that they just can't relate to, that just aren't about them, that don't center them in the narrative. Like, Mm -hmm. there are films coming out that are, like, just not about them personally, and it hurts their feelings, and to that, I think that your feelings should stay hurt. You know, I think you should just get over it, you know what I mean? Because... The amount of times, go ahead. Wait, you say your thing first, and then there's a specific example that just happened. Okay. The amount of times that, like, I, me, myself, and I, and so many of my other friends that are women of color have had to, like, watch films with a mainly white cast or just, like, white men in general as the main character, and we have to find a way to relate to it and, like, relate that to our lives. Like, I want movies that represent me in specific ways and represent my friends in specific ways. And if you can't relate to that, you can't get down with that. I'm sorry. Like white people are not the everyman anymore. Sometimes you don't need every man. Sometimes other people should deserve to be represented in a way that makes them feel like they are seen in film and cinema. And sometimes that's more important. That's just mm-hmm. it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was going to talk, mention literally even a minor issue. This is like, like, like in the grand scheme of things, is it representation? No, not at all. But it's so minor, and the amount of complaining and screaming and crying and bitching mm-hmm. from the, the straight uh, cis white male community is unbelievable. Right. Um, so the new um, 
Thor movie just got like the first poster got oh, released. Um yeah. Love and Thunder. It comes out July eighth. Yep. Um and lo and behold, guess what? Just like who every single person who's ever read the comics knows, um, it was going to be I'm just gonna say female four, because I'm not sure mm-hmm. exactly how deep into it they're going, but it's going to be yeah. a female um God of Thunder. Come is on, what's Jane happening. Foster, we'd love to see it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and Oh my gosh, all the complaining that I've seen on Twitter, mm. on Reddit, um, I've seen some posts from 4chan. It's like, wow, way to like ruin a great series, way to ruin a movie, like literally watering it down as if. See, here's the thing. One of, yeah. my, one of my friends, um, Jay Stube, she like does Marvel reviews, like um, movie reviews on TikTok. Um, oh, I love like Jay Stube. Yeah, she's amazing. She literally, she pulled up the receipts because like she made a video about it. And like a bunch of like people spammed her comments saying that was gonna be terrible, blah, 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 all that stuff. And she was like, You guys do know that this run of Thor, like the comic where it's Jane Foster, outsold almost every single other run of Thor. And definitely all the single runs of Thor in the last decade. She pulled up the proof, she pulled up the receipts. It's literal numbers, like outsold by a mile. Mm -hmm. And she was like, This is one of the fan favorites. Um and she was like pulling up all the all the reviews of it, all the gross sale gross and that sales it got. And she was like, "It's okay that you don't know that. It's okay to be a casual fan and not read the comics." And I was like, "Damn, you really hit him. Absolutely kill him, queen. Thank God." Yeah. But even that, like, like, it's something so minor. It's going from a white male superhero to a white female superhero, which has happened in the comics. It, they right. are literally following the storyline that had been written. I don't know when the comics came out. But a few years prior, and these men are still complaining as if it's being forced as representation, as if it's being shoved down their throat. I do have to say, like, it's very, yeah, it's very obvious that these people are like casual fans of the movies. And if you read the comics and if you're a fan of it, like in such a deep lore that you claim to be, you would know that like this eventually happens. Like, you know, things switch up, things change and like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's nothing new. But yeah, I mean, they were going to complain no matter what. It's just funny to see them complain about something that they're objectively wrong about. Like, there's no way around it. They're just wrong. One thing that I honestly can't wait to watch is something that we're going to talk about next week, which is Our Flag Beats Death. Um, we're going to be talking about that show. And we're going to be talking about a bunch of other queer shows coming out next week. And um, we're going to have the wonderful Claudia, who has been on the podcast before, so we're really happy to have them back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's going to be a good time. I honestly can't wait to watch it because I've also been watching a lot of other um, documentaries as of late. Okay, okay, nice. Yeah, I've been trying to get into it a little bit more. Uh, I usually don't watch documentaries, I'm not going to lie. But I've been getting into a lot of documentaries and I've also been getting into a lot of um, K-drama shows and also... Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I did. I won. No, you're good. No, you're golden. No, you got this. No, no, I'm not okay. It's not okay. It's just, everything is just kind of a hot mess right now. You know, you just gotta have, you gotta be patient with me. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. I really thought I had my stuff together this morning. Apparently not. I have nothing together. Everything is in disarray. Everything is a mess. 
I don't know what's going on, but you know, we're working, we're trying to figure out, we're working through it. It's bad enough that like my Wi-Fi is not working on my phone for some reason, but you know, that's okay. That is okay. Um, stay up, stay up. Okay. So, whoa, frick, what was I saying? What was I talking about? As oh. we talk about Our Flag Means Death, and you've been watching our flag documentaries means death. recently. Uh, yes, I've been watching Our Flag Means Death, and I've also been uh, watching more documentaries. I just started to watch uh, a documentary called How to Fix a Drug Scandal, which looks very, very interesting. Um, I don't know. I feel like after watching The Tindler Swindler and Bad Vegan, I feel like I'm going to start getting into documentaries now. And I've never been a documentary person, but I'm really like leaning back into like K-dramas and documentaries just to like see like what it's giving, if it's interesting, it's good. Mm -hmm. And yeah, also I've been looking into HBO Max's catalog and they have a lot of actually kind of good shows on there. Yeah. Like they're actually like- the, One something. of the shows is one of the ones I wanted to bring up. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Um, obviously, I think I casually mentioned this last week when we talked about the mo the movies and TV shows we were currently watching. But um, mm -hmm. as of when we were recording this, uh, season two of uh, Flight Attendant on HBO Max, mm -hmm. uh, it just premiered. I think it was a two episode premiere. Okay. So that's going to be streaming now. Very excited because season one, I have one episode left of season one. Oh. Um, and it's been a wild ride. It's been crazy. I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay, we love to see it. We love to hear it. Yes. I personally am, I think me, myself, and I like, I do want to watch the flight attendant because it does look interesting. It looks like a campy, fun kind of tale. And there's another show I want to watch on HBO Max um, called It's a Sin. And it's closely related to Generation. So I'm excited to get into that. And there are a couple things from HBO that I've been meaning to watch for a long time, like Rue 104. Have you ever watched that show? No, but I also need to. It's on the West. Yeah, it's a Duplass Brothers joint, and I really do like the Duplass Brothers. You know, they're they're pretty good. They're pretty okay. So I'm gonna give them a look and see like what it's giving, if it's interesting or not. Because I feel like when HBO Max first jumped on the scene, people weren't really like giving them a fair shake or giving them a fair chance because it's like why should I have HBO Max? Like, what's the point of it? Like another streaming service? But they really have been like trying their best and stepping into their game to give us like really good content. So, you know, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, great. Um, I don't think there's anything else I'm excited to watch coming out yet. Uh, I think I'm just excited for next week's podcast because I really can't wait to talk to Claudia and figure that out. And then, you know, just get into that. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's start talking about the Tindler Swindler, Bad Vegan, mm -hmm. and Inventing Anna. All right, now, where do you want to start? Uh, I want to start with the Tindler Swindler. I think that I just want to try and give like a general overview of each one of the documentaries. And then we could kind of go into like how we feel, what we think, the details of the case, you know, getting into like all the little nuances of it all. So uh, first up is Tindler, The Tindler Swindler. The Tindler Swindler is a documentary about a man named Simon Leave, the vibe, I think. And he is a scammer, right? Mm -hmm. 
he went on the dating app Tinder and portrayed this lifestyle of being rich and famous and a man with a lot of wealth. And he roped in three different women to kind of like be attracted to him. Um, the first one was, Pris no, Priscilla is one of the women, but she's not the first woman, you know? Yeah, no, no, and, she's not the first. She, no. I think she's the fourth. I, th I think they mentioned like the fourth one they know of for sure, something like that. Yes. So previously, before we learned about his crimes in the documentary, he uh, had a stint defrauding women in Findlay, and he was arrested when three of his victims came out in 2015, and he was in jail for like three years. I think he came out a year early, and then he uh, met Cecil, who was the woman who lives in London. She is Norwegian. Uh, she, they met in 2018, you know, for 2017, 2017 to 2019, he was known as Simon Lviv, and he pretended to be like the Prince of Diamonds, because there was a company called LLD Diamonds, and he pretended to be the son of the billionaire Lev mm. Lviv, and, uh, around that time, that's when he met Cecil, Pernilla, and Aileen, and upon, uh, meeting these three women, like, it was Cecil was his girlfriend, Pernilla was his friend at the time, and Aileen was his girlfriend, I believe. And when he first met Cecil, you know, she swiped right on him on Tinder, and then they met up for coffee. And then immediately while having coffee, he's like, Oh, I have to go on a plane and go do this business deal. Do you want to come with me? And she was like, Oh, sure. And so she went with him on the private plane to do the business deal. And then they stayed in a hotel. I forget where exactly, but effectively they spent the night together. And he also met Pranilla around the same time. And he dated Cecil for Cecile for like, I think maybe two months. They were in love, you know, da, 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 all that stuff. And then he was kind of being like, he was being like, oh, I have enemies against me. There are people after me. And he sent her a picture of his bodyguard, Peter, looking beat up, really messed up in an ambulance. And she was, he was like, you know, I live a dangerous life. Da, 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 da. People are after me and my enemies. And so he says that he has to cut off his cards because they could be tracking him, looking after him. They could be trying to stalk him. Like, so he asked her for her cards. He asked her to open up the line of credit to send him money, to send him cash, because he has to pretend to live this big party lifestyle in order to make business dealings for his clients because this image is everything. But in reality, what he's doing is taking her money and spending it on Pernilla and another girl who was dating. I forget her name, but uh -huh. he basically is like, you know, pretending like they are living it up on C Cecile's dime. And he's essentially just frauding these women. You know, he's going on hotel dates. He's you know, it's luxury travel. He's doing all these things like romantic gestures for other women. And Cecil is just like racking up debt, 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 just so much debt. And he's doing all this to maintain this lifestyle. They run around Europe. They sue the credit cards and the money he's given to him by, you know, it's, it's just a lot. So, mm, yes. you know, eventually, eventually, Aileen, who is eventually like actually no Cecil gets upset with him duh mm -hmm. Pernilla gets upset Cecil goes to a newspaper to try and tell her story and eventually the newspaper does some digging around finds out that Simon Levy is not his real name no nope. 
he hails from uh, just outside of Tel Aviv, Israel. They find out that he's done this before in Finland. They find Pernilla out. Pernilla and Cecil meet. They publish the article, The Tindler Swindler. And when this article comes out, of course, like all these people come out and like, they're like, oh, I've been scammed too. I've been scammed in this kind of way as well. Mm-hmm. And then they soon find out that there's a woman, Aileen, who is currently dating Simon. And she's just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. The fact that this is happening. And Simon, of course, is trying to be like, is trying to play like, oh, no, 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 this is the truth, this is real. So what does Aileen do? She pretends like she's on Simon's side. She's like, oh, I believe you, babe, blah, 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 blah whatever, da, 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 da. Starts, like, <laughs> the end of the documentary is so interesting to me because the way she starts taking his clothes and just selling it on eBay, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, dang, girl, get that money then. Absolutely. Get your money back. We love Listen, a girl boss. Yes. And, you know, by the end, Simon is arrested, but he doesn't spend that much time in jail anyways. And then he's off being a business consultant to people. And now he's making big bands, big money, big bank for real now. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just like, yeah, I mean, like, basically that's what happens in the documentary. It's, it's, a, it's a whirlwind, you know what I mean? Now, we have to talk about this because obviously this is the first one that everyone who doesn't understand says when they see mm-hmm. something like the Tinder Swindler, a story like this pops out. It's just like, how could you trust him? Why would mm-hmm. you ever give somebody money? Why would you? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I think what they are not realizing the scenario is that these people are manipulated and they they tr- trust the person that they're sending money to. Like he wasn't like some person who like immediately came and like asked them for money. Like he took them out to fancy dinners. He was actively, like he flew them to other countries on business trips with him. Like he was showing them, quote unquote, like what they would expect from, you know, a multimillionaire rich person who's like actively, um, you know, actively doing business deals after actively running a business. Um, so like there is very good credibility also they mentioned how he would send them pictures from different um locations that he was at there are obviously recognizable locations all across Mm -hmm. the world um and like those pictures like he would reuse them for every single like new victim new person he was talking to so like it's not that hard to get a picture in like a different country obviously like you go there once you take like a couple of different pictures boom like it looks like you're there anytime you want say you it looks like you're there um yeah, so, effectively, he mm-hmm. did like a smart job of like basically making these men believe that he had this money because all like the thing is, is like this guy isn't like some people on Tinder that are like, oh, baby, you looking for some sugar or like they're not um, like, oh, you can make money with Coinbase. Da, 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 da. Like this guy, damn, loves in Coinbase. From, the thing is, it's like from the <laughs> jump, from the jump, he's like, oh. I'm going on a private jet to a business deal. Do you want to come with me? And Cecile can see the money he has. She sees the private jet. She sees his business partner. She sees the bodyguard. She sees that he's staying in this luxury hotel. Mm-hmm. He has this nice watch. He has these nice clothes. They talk almost every day for a month, two months. She is like smitten by him. And a lot of people think it's just about the money. And like the money is intoxicating, yes. But you can clearly see that like Cecile... As someone who is generally also, looking for like a love connection, you know. Here's the I, thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Okay, uh, it was 
it was this was said thus like it was in like a 1960s movie mm. and like it still holds true it shows our society has not changed at all but um it helps because for some reason like a lot of people get caught up on that too they say like oh you're just marrying him for the money um and the quote is like marrying um a guy for money is like marrying a woman um with a pretty uh who's pretty like mm. sure you might no no a guy with money is like a woman with a pretty face sure you might not marry uh, her just because she's pretty but my goodness doesn't it help right yeah like, and it does if he if he is rich and he's like he's being romantic he's literally flying her out to other countries like probably something that she's almost never done before and definitely never done on a whim before mm-hmm. just like let's go tonight fly to a different country He's being super romantic. He's being charming because he knows how to play the game because he's done mm. this before. And so he's being romantic. He's being attentive to what she wants. He's doing big gestures. It's romantic mm-hmm. surprise, blah, blah, blah. And he has money. Yeah. Now, let's be realistic. You would be stupid to not jump on that. Like, obviously, with Tinder Swimmer, now people are going to be more careful. And mm. obviously, there are some red flags. I'm not saying that it was like all like clear skies and everything. But like, if you come yeah. across a nice guy, who's actively cares about you, listens to you, goes out of his way to do things for you, spends money on you, and you know that he's rich, maybe you better do your best to lock that down. You better do your best to lock that down because guys like that only come maybe once a lifetime, maybe not even once a lifetime. Yeah, and the other thing is that like, they had no reason to believe that he wouldn't pay them back because everything about him screams, big banks you know Uh big bands you know he's got money but the thing is like rich people don't need to borrow money from poor people they just borrow money from other rich people i was about to say it then it gets into an issue that we have specifically in america a lot but um it's true around other countries as well um just financial literacy Mm. like if people um like if people in these scenarios who knew like were more educated about like how money that seems so bad to say but like how money works yeah you know and how rich people stay rich and how generational wealth exists and maintains they would know to not do this but since financial literacy is so poor specifically in america they like they just are completely unaware of the fact that a rich person would never actually have to do that would never actually have to ask for money from like you know, someone who's in a lower class than them. Yeah, that would never cross someone's mind. Like, oh, I need money. Let me go talk to this person. That I could talk. No, if I need money, I'm just going to go talk to my buddy. Yeah. yeah, also, if they need money, they could talk to a bank. They have a longstanding good history. The bank would give it to them, not a second thought. They could yeah. ask for any amount of money. The bank would be, yeah, sure, because they have a good line of credit. They've been successful. In, especially if it's their family, they might have been successful for generations. They won't, the bank won't even consider it. They'd be like, yeah, this is however much you said you want it. Yeah, like, it's not really, it really is just like, I'm not going to say it's their fault. But, you know, there are a lot of red flags that came up that, mm-hmm. like, of course, when you're in love with somebody, you care about somebody a lot, it, you just kind of don't, you don't pay attention to it in the same way that other people would especially because it's so fast too like everything's going so fast they don't even have time to think that's Mm -hmm. a very important thing like this is like boom 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 Mm -hmm. like they have no time to like even stop and consider what's going on yeah and just take the time to really think about like how like okay why does he need thirty thousand dollars 
every day, like $10,000, $12,000. Like, he said he'd pay me back. Why is he pay me back yet? Like, you know, what's going on here? All this, like, it's a lot. Like, I would understand, like, that it's a lot to deal with as one person. And the thing that pissed me off the most was that at the end of the documentary, it's very clear that, like, he did not get the punishment he deserved. Like, he did not... free and easy. Yeah, like, he became a business consultant, which is insane, because all he did was scam these women and fraud these women out of so much money. And they still have to pay off this money. And the fact that, like, A... Like American Express knows who he is and knows that he's done this before. Like, what what else are we doing? Like, are we calling the FBI? Like, I what mean, steps as are we long taking? As AMX and like whoever else has their money, they don't care. Or like they have people on the hook, and they do. They have all those women on the hook. They don't care. They're getting their money. They have no reason to go after this man. He didn't take any money from them. But didn't he though? Did, it's it really is a shame because. Mm-hmm. Even like at the end of the documentary, you're watching this whole thing unfold. You're watching, you know, him just be completely swindling these women out of all their money. You're watching them lie. You're watching. You're watching him like cheat. All this like, mm-mm-mm. it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. Is what it is. It's just- it is terrible. I I am bringing up a lot of like outside points and like pointing out red flags and stuff like that. But like clearly, like all these women were in a bad situation and like I'm not trying to dog on them too much because like they, they are just human and like something like this wasn't really like a thing you know like the idea of like swindling people uh-huh. like it really wasn't even like a concept people would really think of right I man it really it's I don't think scams are new scams are not something that are it's new you know but in the way that people do them and in the efficiency in which they do them, it is completely different than how it used to be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I do like sincerely hope that the women are be able to pay off their debts. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. When I was watching the documentary, I was kind of sitting here like, girl, now come on now. We, no, you and I both know. This is not like this has to be if somebody asks me for ten thousand dollars the speed in which i will block you Babe, I, you think that i have ten thousand dollars to give you if somebody asks me for ten dollars i'm a laugh i mean like <laughs> the most i'll lend to somebody possibly 50 possibly exactly. 50 you know exactly but as a working woman the thing is they were also looking at apartments together they're also looking at like living spaces with each other. It's like if you felt like you, if you have the credit score to get a living space, you have the credit score to get a loan. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you're calling me for. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't like a credit union wherever you're at. You know what I mean? Like, what are you asking me for money? You need to call up your rich daddy and ask him for money. You're the Prince of Diamonds. Sell a watch or something. And it's hilarious to me that that watch is fake. Well, he sent her that watch and that it was fake. I was just like, wow, that would have been hmm. I honestly thought half those clothes are fake too. I was like, this lady's about to sell like stuff right off the rack of Ross. I don't know what she's doing here. I don't know what she thought she was gonna get out of this, but I mean, they're real, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's truly, it does really piss me off that like this guy was able to take all this money from all this women and take advantage of them, mm-hmm. you know? 
a lot of people see it as like, oh, she'd be more stupid and they were doing it for the money and they should have seen the red flags. But there are plenty of people that are like dating. There are plenty of women like on TikTok. They're like, I want a hood guy. I want a hood. I'm like, like, ma'am, he drives around with a Glock in his. Like, what do you think? No, you do. What not. are you thinking? What do you? You don't want that. Plenty of women ignore red flags every day. There are women who will wear red so they can match with their boyfriends really? that are sporting the red flags. There are women that will fight the girls that the guy cheated on them with instead of fighting the guy who cheated on them uh-huh. so it's not lost on me that a lot of people do stupid things for love it's just that when it comes to like money that's where i draw the line absolutely not you are gone disappeared blocked from my life i truly do hope that all the women they get their debts paid off and they can like pay the money back and the thing is, it's like, they at least like came forward and told the story so that he couldn't do it to other women. I think what pisses me off, I don't know if this is true or not. I'm gonna look this up right now. Simon Laviv dating show. Cause someone told me, okay, it's, he's, gonna, he's trying to launch a dating show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's trying to develop a dating show. I need, if, if y'all better not do this. He wants to write a book launch a podcast, and start his own series. Despite the fact that the Lviv name, the Diamond family, they're like, nah, you dragged Ernie through the mud, we take it all that money. We take it that it. Like, seriously, it's just like, not with it. Oh, he's being represented by the same person who represents Mama June in Black China. Mm-hmm. Black China? Black Mama June? Wow. Mm. He wants to host a podcast in which he offers the do's and don'ts of dating. And he wants his own show where he's kind of it's kind of like the bachelor that's gonna be on zeus it's gonna be sure on zeus it's gonna be on vh1 <laughs> one of those things it's not gonna be on netflix or it's just gonna be on youtube either way um you know it really is like I, it it boggles my mind that somebody could see a man lie to women con money out of them and think oh he's a great salesman oh he'd be a great actor like he's a terrible he person he's doing he's a liar he is a liar like it i've i i continue to be disappointed in humanity i continue to be disappointed to people mm-hmm. who want to praise horrible people for doing just bad bad things and taking money for people speaking of taking money for people let's talk about bad vegan absolutely let's oh talk gosh. about anthony strangers and miss sarma miss sarma mm-hmm. bro i i i don't i don't know how you feel about this documentary me personally i heard about this before the documentary mm-hmm. like i knew about the story before because when the people from Pure Food and Wine were going on strike, it was around the same time a lot of other people were going on strike for like working conditions. So I already didn't feel bad for this person. But when I heard of the documentary, I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we're going this route. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts first. Um, tell me what you think. Okay. So I guess the best way to describe this is I really don't care. Out of all three of these, this is the one that I have the least, I don't know, feeling towards either the the swindler or the, the swindly. And mm-hmm. wait, the person who got swindled and the person who did the swindling. 
Because here in this story, in this mm -hmm. one, which is not as actually not true really in the other two at all, um, it's the working class that's getting affected. Mm -hmm. There are people who are actively like their employees are not getting paid. Um, they're getting businesses shut down that like we're actively hiring people, like actively hiring and employing people. So like if it's just like a like Tinder swindler, if it's just like a woman getting scammed out of like hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, that's one thing. Like I will feel bad, but that's one thing. But when you, but when it's like manipulation that's affecting people who out, didn't ask for any of this, they were just working a job. They were just trying to put food on the table. They aren't involved in the scam. They aren't involved in the swindle. They have nothing to do with it. And their lives are getting ruined. Then you will not hear a word from me protecting either the swindler or the swindler. Not a single word. Both of them should be permanently in jail just for messing Ooh. with the working class like that. I don't care. Ooh. Man, I, you know, I understand that manipulation is, um, okay, we just gotta go We just start at the beginning, because this is a thick one, this is long. Yeah, this is a lot. So, first things first, right? Um, the documentary is about a woman, her name is Sarma. Sarma is a very smart businesswoman, very intelligent, you know, Sarma, um, she owns a restaurant called pure food and wine it is a mm -hmm. raw food vegan restaurant she owned it with her previous partner uh michael i think it's his first name at least and they broke up she continues to own food and wine she then has one lucky duck which is like a takeaway and juice bar place she's very successful very successful restaurateur so at some point Alec Baldwin walks into the restaurant and like, okay, here we go. Uh, she likes Alec Baldwin. She wants to date him, ask him out, blah, 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 whatever, maybe. Um, um. <laughs> sure, yeah, Alec Baldwin is a catch, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, he meets his current wife, Hilaria, at the restaurant. So she misses her chance. And, you know, as someone who is successful, hardworking, entrepreneur, girl boss, she doesn't really spend a lot of time in a romantic relationships. Then she sees this guy, Shane, who interacts with Alex a lot on Twitter. And she starts to talk to him through social media. They take words friends with each other. They start dating, you know, they start communicating with one another. She eventually meets him in person. Uh, the staff meet him and they automatically are just like, mm, this guy's weird. I don't know about this dude. And soon we find out that this guy's name is Shane, but it's Anthony. You know, and the thing about Anthony is that he is not who he seems to be. First of all, he doesn't even look the same way he does in his profile picture online, mm -hmm. which is the first sign that like maybe he's kind of a liar. And, you know, she pushes past that because she doesn't want to seem shallow and she kind of likes the guy. Uh, a lot of people think that the pairing between the two of them is very strange. They're not really like, they don't really seem like a couple, you know, in a way that she yeah. did with her previous partner, but you know to each their own you know what i mean um eventually they continue to date they continue to see each other and they spend time with one another and she soon soon anthony starts telling her these kind of stories about his job he tells her that she's part of this that he is part of the shady syndicate uh he starts to tell her that you know, he um, has worked with some powerful people. At one point when they're hanging out, um, Anthony goes into a house 
and he gets out an envelope of diamonds which is like okay Okay. Uh, she figures out he has an IT guy she learns about his mysterious brother and basically Anthony is putting up this front that he is like a James Bond kind of dude in a way but he's also connected to like this somewhat uh, ethereal cult I don't know how else to describe it and he tells her that he can make her immortal and her dog immortal because she's a dog that she loves very dearly mm-hmm. and that there are certain tests she has to go through there's certain things she has to do so on and so forth and it's it it mm, you know it's not I, like okay <laughs> i'm literally lost for words right now i'm literally lost for words because I was watching Bad Vegan and it's very clear that the documentary is meant to tell her side of the story and with the investigative reporter that's also there, Alan, obviously he's on her side and he's trying to show like that she's not entirely at fault in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, watching the documentary, I did try to see her point of view and I do try to not like, I do try not to like, you know, be like, oh, this girl's dumb. She's stupid oh, she should have known better. I try not to be that person. I try to ap- approach it with like a little bit of empathy because I can understand that like, you know, it's like the sunk, the sunk cost fault fallacy yeah. where you put a lot of time and money and effort into something and you just want to see it return back to you. You want to see some kind of return. Like it's the same with inventing Anna, you know, the way that like her friends try to trust her and like, you know, have her back despite the fact that she has shown that she's not a trustworthy person, you put all this time and effort into something, you have to see some kind of reward, you have to see some kind of fulfillment, you have to see some kind of like product come back to you in a way. Like if you give to the universe, the universe will give back to you. So I understand how Sarma feels that her putting all this time into the relationship, her giving all this money to Anthony, her being away from her business, wanting to make her dog immortal. And also the thing is, is like, People who are vegan and who are into that kind of stuff have friends that are into some stuff. Like, it's not just affirmations. It's not just crystals. No. It's other stuff. No. It's other stuff, you know? So it's not... It tends... Like, I guess it is a little bit of a generalization, but, like, it tends to get in a lot of stuff that's more spiritual, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Uh It's definitely... Yeah, it definitely gets much more into that side. Yeah. And I find it very interesting that like the documentary, the documentary was able to get in a hold of like a lot of the phone conversations, because I think that that is what really like opens our eyes to like what Anthony was saying to her, how he was trying to like draw her in or convince her of things. Like there was a one point where like, hey, Anthony was afraid that he was like being stalked by somebody or that like her accounts got hacked. So he asked for her password basically. And of course that opens the door to like him being able to read her emails and him being able to be in control of her conversations and to know what she's saying. So he has a bigger control over her. And eventually this guy like starts to seep his way into most of her life and starts to take control over the restaurant, which is her baby, which is something she cares about a lot. And like, she put a lot of time into it. So very quickly things start to devolve into something that's not good. Mm. That's just not not good at all, you know? And 
Glenn, here's the thing, right? Okay. I'm trying very hard to see a perspective and see her side. No, don't. Because you you watch the documentary. No. Okay, no, no, here. You watch the documentary. So you the documentary is very clearly trying to like be on her side. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the news reports, you look at the stuff that's um like the actual like outside the documentary, the stuff that's been reported on the issue and the perspective, the the documentary is very clearly trying to put you on her side. Mm -hmm. Because there is there is a chance, and I would say a very strong chance actually that she knew exactly what was happening and was still going along with it on purpose, full well-knowing. Um, and like, go off, like, be swindle, be a swindler, screw over other people, do whatever you feel like, um, but don't, but don't steal, like, arguably hundreds of thousands of dollars from working-class people who are just trying to have a job, just trying to put food on the table, and then spin around and make a Netflix documentary crying about how you are the victim in the situation. Absolutely not. I I try to hesitate on calling her a swindler because of how like it was very clear like even though the employees were upset by what happened and the employees were disappointed with the fact that like you know someone they saw as their friend, someone who's mm -hmm. their boss, someone who they trust, someone who like they spend a lot of time with, someone they effectively, someone that they affectionately call Sarma Mama, they they do believe that she was manipulated by Anthony. And, you know, they know her, they know her better than we do, because they actually True. know her and they know who she is. And they know that she's like a kind, caring person. And the documentary does a good job of showing her heart and showing how she is someone who is just like, you know, someone who's open to people and open to second chances and tries to stay open-minded. And there are people like that who are very like genuinely kind and have a soft heart and those people can be taken advantage of by others who are prone to gaslighting and manipulating people and want to have power over people, want to control people. And I think in a way, I think like at some point, Sarma did have to pick up on the fact that like her being away from her restaurant for like a month was not a good idea. And the fact that like her boyfriend who knows nothing about restaurants and is effectively money hungry, him being there would be a problem. She had to understand that him being there would be a problem, but it's possible that like, she was just so caught up in it all that she didn't have the backbone to stand up to him and tell him no tell him not to do this she didn't have the wherewithal to like stand on her own two feet to tell him to back off because she kind of falls into like it's hard to it's hard to like speak up against people when you have positive feelings towards them and like it's like oh well he did this one nice thing for me so like maybe he's not that bad of a guy he's like babe he's stealing money from your restaurant you can't pay your employees mm -hmm. i like and also in the last episode she's like oh i never thought that we were really on the run i was like um yeah you are you are why are we going to vegas yeah why did you think you're in vegas and i don't understand I feel bad for the mom because it's very clear that she did not want to be involved with this at all, mm -hmm. seeing as she was not in the documentary. <laughs> the fact that she also got swindler, swindled by Anthony as well. And her mom like can't retire anymore. Like her mom can't live comfortably anymore. And even though like the dad probably has some savings in his own account as well. The mom gave Anthony basically every kind of cent to her own personal name. And I'm not going to lie. 
if I found out that my daughter was being taken by a man who took money from her restaurant and I was sending the money, I would also send that address to the cops and be like, listen, you need to go get her. You need to go right now. You need to go get her. This is what's you happening. Know? This is where she's at. And the thing is, charges weren't filed until like about a year after everything had happened. And I get that if you're an employee and you work with minimum wage, you can't really afford a lawyer and you can't really afford to press charges. But the investor should have called the cops on her way before he did. Because she was $2 million in debt to him at the start mm-hmm. of the documentary before Anthony got involved. So I would have been like, where's my money? Where are these minimum payments? Like $2 million is not fall out of the sky, baby. Let's go. Like, I believe in you, but like, come on now. Let's get a payment plan going. Yeah, let's get this Let's get this on and run it. Let's get this started, okay? And I think that like, also there's a thing of like, oh, she got caught because she ordered pizza for the guy. Like, that is a funny thing. And it's a yeah. funny thing to mention. I think that, I do think that they both should have spent more time in jail. Mm-hmm. It does piss me off that like, even though Anthony never made bail, he didn't even have to spend that much time in jail because he already served most of his sentence during the trial. I do think he should have spent more time in jail. And I do think she should have, I don't know, maybe like, does she have to pay back her employees? Um, I'm not sure what the official verdict was. Um, she didn't pay the employees for five months, leaving them with $40,000 of back pay. But luckily, the restaurant workers have now gotten paid. But does she pay them back? Okay. She used the money for bad vegan to repay the former employees. Okay. I mean, that's good. I mean, that's the least you can do, at least. You could have also not run out on them, you know, but we don't we don't need to go there. <laughs> I'm not gonna argue and say that maybe she wasn't like manipulated and abused by him, like whether it was emotionally or physically, because like obviously she didn't get into that part of the documentary and as someone who's never been in an abusive relationship i don't understand what that's like and what that can do so much psychologically and it's not that like you have to be strong-willed or like the smartest person like it can happen to anybody if someone loves you and cares about you and brings you into their arms and treats you like someone that they love they can manipulate you and make you do things that you wouldn't do otherwise because you try to rationalize it for love and you try to act like well Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe he's not this. Or maybe he's not that. And, you know. And also, this is, I guess, a scary part of the situation. Mm-hmm. Like, not like only this specific situation, but like all situations like this. So like you mentioned how like if someone like, like is loving you and caring about you and actively paying attention to your needs, it's like it's very easy to be manipulated by them because like they're there for you, you know? Um, and like... <laughs> It's kind of unfortunate, but like someone who like is in love with you, like they aren't swindling you, it's someone who's actually in love with you. Like yeah, they're going to be there for you, hopefully. I would definitely hope so if they love you, but like they're still human, you know, but they're gonna mess up, they're gonna make mistakes, things are gonna go wrong just because things do. However, if someone's a swindler and they're purposely trying to manipulate, not just a swindler, but someone just purposely trying to manipulate you, they will never slip up because it is quite mm-hmm. literally their job to not slip up. So the amount of attention and care and love and whatever that you're going to get from someone who's actively manipulating you, depending on the form of manipulation they use, but in a scenario like this, it's going to be like consistent nonstop because the the swindler, the manipulator knows that if it stops, they lose their power over you. Yeah, I, I do have to say that it kind of like 
the lengths that Anthony went to to be able to monitor her communication with other people and the lengths that he went to to like make sure that she was just like it truly is like astounding but yeah like that's time that's dedication like thought out planning like you're not as a normal person you're not going to expect that you're not going to expect that someone would go through all these things just to keep an eye on you just to like take money from you like that's it's kind of insane honestly it is pretty insane i'm not gonna lie it is pretty insane and i mean i think near the end i think sarah just kind of like gave up and kind of like gave into anthony and his antics and you can see at the end she was really like just not herself i guess in a way and i i do think that they probably should have been in jail for longer Sarma and Anthony, definitely Anthony, because that guy really shouldn't be like, do you know he's now like a GOP strategist? Mm-hmm. Like this, these people do not pay for their crimes. They do not face any kind of consequences for their actions. Absolutely like not. first, Simon takes millions of dollars away from women, work women that actually genuinely liked him. And like that's that he cared about them. And here he goes around flying around being a business consultant, making real money now on his own, actually making something out of himself after he lied and stole from so many people for so many years. Mm-hmm. And then here Anthony goes working with politicians, teaching them on how to win campaigns, win elections. When he is a manipulator, he's a liar. Like he hurt his first wife. We had a child with and then abandoned her with the child and then he went after sarma stealing money away from her business that she worked so hard to take care of and stealing money away from her employees and destroying her relationship with her employees and now people don't trust her and people don't like want to like really go into business with her because there's a whole documentary plan- laying out how like you were swindled by this guy who lied about his weight through words and friends and they're not facing any kind of repercussions they're not facing any true backlash they're being seen as these geniuses. They're being seen as people who are smart, who are great salesmen. You're trying to flip the narrative on people who are just liars and deceitful and manipulators and people who are willing to take everyone's hard-earned money just to benefit themselves. People who are selfish and disgusting, mm-hmm. like people who don't really have a conscience or any discernment within them. It, oh my gosh. It's just like, ee, you know what I mean? Because like it's only like vulnerable people I don't want to say fall for this, but like they are the biggest victims in this. Because then at the end of the day, you're just left with the aftermath of what's happened to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're left with the the tab. You're left with the receipt. You're left with the bill. You have to wash the dishes in the back. And they ran out the front door because they left you with the bill. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, man. It's just, I don't want to say it couldn't be me because. Because that's the problem. It could be. Like not you specifically, but like it could be anyone. It could be someone I know something I care about. It's not something that is scams and scammers are not rare. You know, I live in Atlanta. I know everybody be scamming here. Mm-hmm. I know like five different people from high school that like have money phones on Instagram. And I'm like, none of y'all work at checkers. I ain't seen none of y'all put on an apron or a visor. I don't know how y'all got that money because your parents don't have that money either. Because your mom still is driving that beat up sedan. So I don't know whose DMs you're hopping into asking. I don't know which one of y'all ratted out those Forex traders that you was working with, but (laughs) I know y'all ain't working for that money. You work in something, but you ain't working for the money. Most of y'all are not signing W-2. You are signing something else. 
Yeah. It it's also like infuriating the fact that I have to work for my money. And these people just lie. Exactly. I'm too it's disheartening. It's, it's like, like, <laughs> like, oh, this is the American dream. Just lie and cheat people out of their hard earned money and then you can be rich too. Like make it to the top. The way I mean, that that's the lesson that I'm learning. The way that y'all piss me off. Make my skin burn. And I know that like she was probably upset with the way that she was portrayed in the documentary, but like, or maybe she's upset with the way that people reacted to how she was portrayed in the documentary. Yeah. But babe, you wanted the Netflix documentary, you got it. Mm-hmm. And you, you got the money. I mean, like I don't know what she you got now. paid. I don't think Cecil Pranilla and Aileen got paid from their documentary when they should have gotten, they definitely should have gotten paid for their documentary because the payout that uh, Anna got from her show would have covered how she swindled everyone. She mm. swindled Netflix. It's You can go ahead and start on her. You can go ahead and start on Anna. Okay, so for Inventing Anna, so it was what was it like a four-part miniseries no not four part it was nine episodes nine episodes yeah yeah the other one was the four part so it was a nine episode miniseries about um so okay sorry backing up um anna is uh she when did it happen because i forget i remember when did this actually happen It's also hilarious to me how Simon should send them the same pictures, same pictures, same videos, same mm-hmm. audio messages, same everything. This man copy and pasted oh, a love okay. story He's to tens, possibly hundreds of women, just one after the other, one after the other. And the bodyguard, he wants to sue Netflix. He <laughs> demands an apology and he wants $5 million in compensation. Okay. It's a joke. So it's a in, joke. In 2019, um, this is like when she was actually found guilty. So this should happen like prior to 2018. I think in 2017 is when she was first arrested. Okay. So Anna basically infiltrated the New York City elite scene um, mm-hmm. by pretending to be rich. And she was a, just because she was good with people. Um, she didn't even flaunt money. She just flaunted what people thought um money looked like what even elite people thought money looked like which is very interesting she was just really good with people um and she was able to get a lot of um money from these uh like elite members of like new york city and she was also if she hadn't been caught she was about to get what was it like a 12 million dollar loan um from a bank just because She's she's a smooth talker. She's good with what she's doing. That's like more of the the real the real story. Um, Netflix's version is unfortunately kind of not it, not it, because the Netflix um, series Inventing Anna focuses primarily on Anna's relationships with her friends. Um, she doesn't mm-hmm. even start scamming, scheming and scamming and doing the thing like the the main the main plot line. The reason anyone's watching. Doesn't even start happening, I think, until like episode four, right? Mm. Like, like, so for some reason, Netflix chose to focus on her as a relationship person, how she is dealing with her friends, what her friends think of her, stuff like that, um, instead of the actual scam 
that she was pulling that's the interesting part mm-hmm. which is confusing i do not understand that whatsoever because it really muddled down the story because i really didn't care about any of the characters like i don't care about any of her friends like, i it's... think i think like the purpose was to show her relationship with people and show how how she works people, which is weird because she's, she's awful with them like not she's awful with people. <laughs> like there's no chemistry there's nothing tried there's nothing good there with neff i mean they seem like really close friends they seem like real friends with neff at least i guess true true yeah and i don't know i guess like rachel and like um gosh i forgot laverne cox's character's name but like it's kind of like to show how I don't know. I think that them. I think that when they show Anna's relationships to other people, they're showing how she can talk to people, manipulate people, talk to people and doing things, talk people. How she talks to people. How she can get people to do things for her. How she can, you know, blah blah blah, so on and so forth. It's you know, I don't know. Ah, I don't know. It's like okay. Mm-hmm. I guess they had to focus on something. They had to like make a whole mini series or something. But I don't know, it'd be much more interesting to go deep into the scam, especially with the payout that Anna got from this series. Like, I think maybe. that the scam is scammers are good at what they do because they know how to talk to people and work people. Mm-hmm. They know how to seem like a friend. They know how to seem friendly. They know how to fit in. They know how to blend in. Anna knew how to blend in in the scene of the fashion world mm-hmm. in Manhattan, despite the fact that she didn't really have money and she wasn't even paying for anything. Her boyfriend was paying for everything. And she probably really didn't care about her boyfriend. It's um, debated whether or not her boyfriend is like an actual person or if he's fictitious or not. There are some people who believe that he is real and that he's like some kind of actually uh, motivational speaker. But it's possible that he's not like Southeastern Asian, but he's Eastern Asian. But that's neither here nor there. I think mm. the focus on her relationships is to show how like, even though Anna is a mean person and she comes off rough around the edges, she still knows how to draw people in and get people to like her or at least respect her or want to be around her and spend time with her. And money is another intoxicating factor in that because people want to be close to the rich and famous to see how they live, to see what they do, to see what it's like, because it's a peek behind the curtain. And when you get to hang out with a rich person and also that rich person kind of likes you and likes to hang out with you and buy nice things for you, it draws you in even deeper into a relationship and friendship with them. You know, like the banker guy didn't even want to give Anna a chance, but the second he steps into her world and meets all these cool people, he starts making all these different moves, which probably isn't true to life, because a lot of the characters in the uh, film, like the banker and a couple other people are actually like uh, agglomation of a lot of people. It's just one character for the point of the story. Yeah. But it's still to show how like, how was she able to swindle? How was she able to persuade? How was she able to lie to powerful people who have such strong connections, who are so unattainable and so unavoidable and so unreachable by people who have the credentials to speak to those people. But this one random girl, Anna, was able to finesse her way into New York society, New York's elite, which is something that is hidden behind a gold door, a safe, like something that is so 
it's like the only real look you get into like New York society possibly is like Gossip Girl. But even then, it's not like, it's not like a real, you know, look into society. So yeah, I think like her, them showing her friendships and her relationships with other people is to show how she was as a normal person interacting with rich people, but just to show like how selfish she was and how like, mm-hmm. She literally put so much money on Kate's card. And yes, this girl works for Vanity Fair, but she didn't work for Vanity Fair like that. Not like that, because the no, real no, Kate was a photo no, editor no. at Vanity Fair. So no. for her to put all that money on her company card is fraud, and that could really put her in a lot of trouble. And Anna doesn't care because Anna just wanted to have a nice, you know, vacation holiday. And so did Kate. Kate wanted to have a nice holiday. She wanted to flaunt and stunt and, and like flaunt and flex, mm-hmm. you know, same as Anna does. But she thought Anna was rich. She thought Anna had money. She thought she had big banks, big bands. She thought her daddy back there in Germany was going to be able to bail her out and help her out. She waited three months for that money. She got $5,000 after the three months. And the thing is, rich people are cheap. Like, rich people are stingy. Like, Mm -hmm. if you ever go out to lunch with someone who's a different tax bracket than you, who's your friend, they want you to Venmo them a dollar for the water that you ordered. You know what I mean? Like, they're stingy to their core. But $62,000... When you're rolling up in like nice Chanel, Giuseppe heels, red bottom shoes, you know what I mean? You got Givenchy, like, you're here to tell me that you don't have the money to pay me that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, apparently not, clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently not. That's something that will always fascinate me, just like how people perceive money, because like all these swindles, like it's it's flaunting well, it's giving like the idea that they're already rich, so of course you can trust them. Which apparently is like a great scheme to work because like all three of these came out recently. Um, Wait, what'd you say? Just the um, how easily people get like fooled or tricked by like the the display of money, the idea of people being rich because all three of these have those in common. Um, just like the display of wealth and power is enough to like basically convince someone to do anything. Um, that's interesting. I really, I, I would like a deeper dive into this. Like if someone did like a deep dive into more shows like this from a much more psychological perspective and like a social perspective of how like, how something like this can happen, even when people are well aware that scams exist. Yeah. It's also interesting to me how like Neff, who is a real person, was a consultant on the show, mm-hmm. which is very true to form to her character on the show. Yeah. And it kind of like calls into question, like, do these shows, do these documentaries, do these miniseries, are we praising scammers? Are we worshiping them? Are we encouraging them to do this? That way they can get their like their time in the, the spotlight? Here's the thing. Does it matter that we're... <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait, no, 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 no. Hear me out. Does it matter whether or not were glamorizing them or worshiping them or anything like that when they're getting payouts from these documentaries. Mm. Anna, huge payout. Um, Sharma, a big enough payout to pay off all of her employees. Um, I'm not sure what the, the payout is from Tinder Swindler, but regardless, like big payouts for these documentaries that were made because they were terrible people, because they were horrible scammers and swindlers. So it doesn't matter if we're worshiping them because the money's still in their bank account. Mm. Yeah, I think that me, myself, and I, I do love a nice scamming story. But I also feel like even though... But then again, I feel like that's just the true crime aspect, you know? I yeah. feel like it ties, ties closely with just liking true crime in general. Mm-hmm. 
I think that it's good that these shows are made that way people can see that way people can see you know like a lot of times we talk about being scammed people think it's people who are dumb or naive or gullible but Sarma was like a very smart businesswoman who had like her own way of life and had like kind of pulled herself up by her bootstraps and she still got scammed by someone she really cared about and someone that she really liked and loved and you know the same thing with like you look at rich people and you assume that because people are rich they're smart but obviously they're not that smart because you got fooled by a woman who has some nice clothes and knew how to talk her way into a room and you know what i mean will tip people a hundred dollars just like flashing a hundred that's all you had to do like it truly is i think i think it's a little educational but to a certain point, it does stuff that gets sensationalized. Like, mm-hmm. Inventing Anna isn't true to form with the show, but I think that Shonda does her best to try to stick to the truth as much as possible and to bring in scenarios that pos- didn't happen in real life, but do seem like they would happen. Like, yeah. her spending all that money on that yacht and then living on the yacht and then bossing those people around does seem like something that Anna would do for her to be in a place where she does not belong and take up space where she is not welcomed, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like she can go wherever she wants, whenever she wants. Like, that's a rich people thing to do to just go into a space that's not yours and just like act like it's yours everyone Absolutely. else there just should be subservient to you well it pays off the character yeah i mean even though it's not you know true to like it's yeah and i get how like there are people who like rachel the real life rachel basically was upset with how her character was portrayed and how like she seemed like a natural born follower who didn't like know how to stand on her own two feet which like you could be upset about that girl if you want to and that's fine you can say that you know speak your truth babe but at the end of the day i mean i hope you get your money back mm-hmm. <laughs> i hope you get your money back honestly you need to worry less about this tv show and worry about getting your funds in order fix that credit score babe i hope they don't fire you for vanity fair because like it can be i get it you know it can be hard to watch somebody completely destroy your life and then see media outlets and other people, you know, praise them mm-hmm. talk about how great they are, talk about all this and that. Even like in the show, the author, the, the person who did the interview, wow, how did I forget her freaking name? Jessica Pressler is the real person, but it's Vivian Kent is the character's name. Even like Vivian Kent said so herself that like she felt like people were seeing the article not in the way that she intended it to be seen and that it wasn't just a meme or like and it's just some kind of like anti-hero but like it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a commentary on like social class and mm-hmm. like the rich you know and like babe we don't care she lied to rich people and she took their money mm-hmm. that's it that's it you know what i mean that's what we're here for so you know yeah yeah um i actually kind of did enjoy watching inventing anna i'm not gonna lie even if it wasn't if the show wasn't real i would still like it i still would have fun watching it true yeah yeah i I will say that i will say that it wasn't it was like a, a pretty easy watch yeah and um i don't know uh is there anything else you want to say um I do hope, you mentioned this a little bit before, but I do hope that because of shows like this, it like teaches people to be more aware in the future. Like obviously mm-hmm. things are changing, scams are changing, there's new tactics, there's new, there's new apps, there's new ideas. Um, so hopefully these help keep people aware 
and like keep them out of situations like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do hope that people do watch these documentaries and I hope they don't watch these documentaries like in awe of the people who are perpetrating these crimes, but as a way to just be aware of the fact that like this can happen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like it can have someone who's rich, have someone who's broke, smart, dumb, like it doesn't matter. Manipulation does not discriminate against people, whether it is your intelligence or how much money you have your bank account. Like you need to be careful of people who are quick to call you your friends, people who are quick to buy your love, people who will love bomb you and do whatever they can to make you feel warm and welcome and then turn around and try to swindle you out of money or hurt you or, you know, try to manipulate you. Like you just have to be on the up and up, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. You just gotta be, you just gotta keep your eye on the ball. Yeah, you gotta keep your your eyes open. You gotta make sure that you're watching everyone around you. Yeah, and just be careful. Just watch out for yourself because this stuff does happen to people all the time. And it's really sad Like there were like reports after the Tinder Swindler came out, there were reports around other women that have been scammed by men on Tinder as well. And that the documentary opened their eyes to what was going on and how they could have been hurt by it as well you know and i think there's a lot to be said about the manipulation that goes into these things you know i did enjoy watching these documentaries i'm not gonna lie like uh inventing anna i thought i was gonna skip on it but i'm glad that we watched it for the podcast because it was pretty interesting you know Um, it was interesting also to see like the people around her and how they kind of like were affected by what she did and how she acted. And you can also see how they got swindled by Anna because all these people were so focused on their image and how people see them and how they're seen mm-hmm. by the people and mm-hmm. how they were duped by Anna who was someone who was not in their circle, not in their orbit, not even in their tax bracket. And the amount of times that like little things would happen and Anna would just crumble. Anna would just cry and crumble and fall apart. Like one little thing goes wrong. And suddenly the facade is just up. The jig is up, you know what I'm saying? Like she charged everything to the room at the hotel. She couldn't get back to the hotel because her credit cards weren't working. Back in Marrakesh when like (laughs) people were calling um, the men in the suits to pay for like the room. Like it was a mess. It was a mess, you know what I mean? (laughs) And that's what happens when you depend on other people for your own money. Because, like, she kept spending and spending and spending and spending her money. But she didn't have anything saved away, locked up, locked up tight. She just left. She hopped on the next plane out there. Like, oh, man. And she stole a jet. How do you steal a plane? She knows what she's doing. How do you steal a plane? How she learned how to fly the plane? I mean, someone else is flying the plane. But, like, essentially, like, you're supposed to pay to use it. Mm-hmm. And the car didn't go through. And you have two people working minimum wage telling a rich person, like, ma'am, your car didn't work. And she's like, something wrong with your system. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Tell the CEO of your company that his rich friend is too broke to pay for the plane. I think not. I think not. That's another thing. That's another thing that just ties into it all. Like, dang. Ooh, baby. And I also felt bad for Neff when she had to pay for the bill at dinner because yeah. Anne's card wasn't working. I would be in I. I would have had, I would have been elbow deep in some suds. <laughs> I would have been elbow deep in some suds. I'm not going into a big cut to pay for a bill. You're over here in your best designer dress. I'm in a designer dress that you bought me. You need to have the money to pay for this bill. All mm-hmm. right. 
That's all I'm saying. When you took me out, you gotta be the one to take care of it. Simple. But I I love that um, Laverne Cox character. God bless her. My favorite person in the show. <laughs> My favorite be. person in the show. But she was be. like, the universe is telling me something. And you know what, babe? It was. It really was. Mm-hmm. Don't stay on that trip a second longer. Don't do it at all. The way she got sick and no one else did, man, said, listen, I got you. I got you, girl. Went on home and it's the fact that like Anna literally just like drank her last water and she got so pissed off by that. I was like, be petty. Be petty. Do it. Oh, go ahead. And then okay. to have to wait in somebody's lobby for five hours, screaming, crying, pissing, shitting, vomiting all over the place. <laughs> like, hello? Five five hours? Wow. That the kind of desperation is not easy. It is not simple. It is not okay. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby, baby. Yeah. Um, do you have any last thoughts in regards to the documentaries that we've spoken about? Um, Netflix, if you could find a way to make these documentaries without giving the the original scandalous and swindlers uh, a huge payoff, that would be absolutely amazing. Um, I'm not sure if you can, but you have a good legal team. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could figure something out. I'm sure you can find a loophole. You always do. Um, and to everyone else out there, um, stay safe. Yeah, be careful. Be careful out there. Uh, apparently she's, um, ooh, apparently she's about to be deported in a Sorokin. She is facing deportation. Ooh, girl. Good luck with that. ICE took custody of Sorokin on March 25th, 2021. In November, Board of Immigration Appeals granted an emergency stay in her case, according to ICE. <laughs> uh, yeah, good luck with that, babes. Oh, I think the last thing I want to say in regards to all this is that, like, I don't love, in fact, I hate, I hate the fact that Simon Lviv did not go to jail for what he did to those women. It is honestly so frustrating. It pissed me off. Me having to spend an hour and 40 minutes watching this man lie, mm-hmm. cheat, steal, yell at, harass these women who were simply just like, you know, Cecile, I get it. You know, she was in love. She's a love-struck puppy. She really liked this guy. She gave him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to lie. Somebody asked you for that much money. I would not give it to them. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I know that he gave her like social proof and all this other stuff. And she saw with his own eyes how much money he could spend, how much money he needs. So she tries to like, you know, uh, make excuses around it and all this stuff. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. But like, at the same time, at the same time, at some point, you just got to be like, no, no, no money. No, not at all. I'm closing my pocket book. I'm closing my other pocket book. I'm closing my lips, closing my legs. I'm blocking you and that's it. You just got to cut it off. You know what I mean? And I understand like how she was like sincerely scared that that man was going to come after her because she saw the picture that he sent and he was talking about his enemies and all this stuff and he's a rich man. Mm-hmm. And of course she'd be worried about him and da, 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 all this stuff. But also like Simon really should have gone to jail. Simon really should have been thrown under the jail. I hope that that Diamond family, I hope y'all take everything from him. I hope y'all take everything from him. Snatch it all up. He doesn't deserve a dime, a cent. And the fact that Anthony was able to go into being a successful GOP strategist, that tells you all you need to know about politics right now. That really is a shame, okay? 
it's it's really disheartening. I I just hope that the people who were negatively affected by what had happened, you know, find mm-hmm. peace at least. I hope the pure food and wine employees can kind of like maybe they can come to church with what happened and like maybe trust Sarma again. If they can't, I get that. And I do feel bad for them because it can be hard to watch somebody who you see as your friend and your companion and your boss, someone you really care about, someone you admire and look up to, get roped into some bullshit. And you can't really do anything or say anything about it because at some point the person stops listening to you and then you start listening to the person that is manipulating them. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, they become unrecognizable because they're not the person that you knew. They become this different person who is being controlled by someone else. And like, what were they, what, like, what else could you do? Run up on Anthony in the middle of the street? No. Cause like then you'll get fired. Like what what else was there to do? You know what I mean? Like I feel like Sarma at some point should have realized that like her going away for so long, her giving Anthony all this money, her employees walking out on her and closing the business. Like when your business closed, that should be the awakening you get. Yeah, that should be it. But when you get in a car with your dog driving all the way to Las Vegas, babe, I'm sorry, that's just not that's not gonna work for me. That's not gonna work for me. It's just not it. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, all in all, uh, also with Anna, I love Julia Garner. <laughs> I love Julia Garner. She she truly is just like a like her talent, her talent, mm, babe. Yes, well, you know who I think should have played uh, Anna Delvey, hmm. uh, Emma Kenny. She plays Debbie in Shameless. Oh, oh yeah. She doesn't look a lot more like her if you look at her. Yeah, yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, people know Julia Garner. They like she's a more recognizable face. She's already been in a, a Netflix show, you know. But I think she would have killed it as Anna Delvey. She really does have the like the normal girl face down. But you know, I, I'm not a casting director. <laughs> I'm not the casting not director. Yet. Yeah. All in all, uh, I guess like the last thing uh I want to say, ma'am, I I'm not gonna say that I blame women for getting into bad relationships with men because men are liars. And men brag about being liars on those stupid little podcasts that they're on. True. You know? And it's the same men that make like $500 a week who are like, these girls are after my money. Oh, they want my money. They want these funds. They want Gucci and Gabbana. Like, sir, you can't even give me TJ Maxx. So what are you fretting for? You know what I'm saying? Be careful out there, y'all. That's all I have to say. Just be careful. You know what I mean? It's not... <laughs> the streets is not safe, Okay. Just be careful. It's summer. We outside this year. We outside. And take away mask mandates. Y'all gotta be careful. These men showed their true faces in real life and online. You yeah, know, more reason that. Y'all think <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I think that's it for me. Is that mm-hmm. all for you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Let's get into I'll Pass. I'll Pass is a segment where we talk about uh, industry news and movies, TV shows that are coming out that we are not going to be watching or we're going to be passing on. Glenn, is there anything you're going to be passing on this week? So I've been looking at this not, there's not really much coming out 
that like I would pass on all the stuff coming out right now. Is it bad to say that's all like really good? No, that's not bad. Nah, because like obviously everything everywhere all at once. We have the new um, Multiverse of Madness. There's a couple of other movies that I've seen that are like coming out right okay. now. Um, that are getting really high ratings. There's this one that I want to talk about. I mean, not not that I want to talk about, but that I saw. Um, we're going to the World Fair. Um, the only bad thing that's really out right now is Fantastic Beasts: The Secrets of Dumbledore. Mm, but that's getting cut. Yeah, Ezra Miller. I don't know what what that man is on, but what is anybody needs to be blacklisted from Hollywood? It's him. <laughs> he is a dangerous society. I'm not playing. I'm not joking. He's a true danger to society. No, that man is off his rocker. Okay, that man is just. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Nah, 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 nah. Somebody needs to tell him to sit down, shut up, stop acting up. It's it's a mess. All right. Um, let me see. I think there are some things I want to talk about. Right. Um, some people were joking about like you know, um. Chris Pratt and Tom, Tom, uh, Tom, not Tom. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, that's the same. What I forget his name. People were talking about Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, possibly doing a little, having a moment in the Thor trailer, and how like Chris Pratt was probably like, punching his pillow in his trailer. <laughs> the conversation that he had to have with Sakai with DT about it. <laughs> <laughs> y'all the 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 depths that we will stoop to for queer baiting it's i'm over it i'm yeah. over it i'm over it leave it alone let it leave it alone i i don't know if like from what everything is heated with like the don't say gay bill can we just like what else do y'all expect what else are y'all looking for like it's not it's not gonna happen it's just let it go. Free yourself from the expectation that it will ever happen. Free yourself from the bondage. Let it go. All right. Be free. Be free. One thought be great. Please. In your lavender. <laughs> be great. <laughs> um, there are two things I want to talk about, and they're both really, really big, but I feel like let's just do it. All right. Okay. Johnny Depp is finally on trial with his wife Amber Heard. Mm -hmm. Now, I have never been a Johnny Depp fan, and I did not care about Amber Heard until everything came out. I'm gonna say this right now. I'm gonna wait till it's over. I'm gonna wait till the trial's over to give my true honest opinion. I was about to say, see, that's the thing. Luckily for us, since this is something that's actually going to trial, we don't have to have an opinion. We can wait and watch it, watch it happen. Mm, and that can simply be it. Because the verdict that they give is going to be the final verdict. Mm. You know, like a lot of times, like if someone like does something bad, like it's kind of up to like us, the people to like call them out and then maybe something will actually happen to them, you know? But in this scenario, the, the, the system is working the way it's supposed to. There's currently mm. a trial happening. Um, so now, our job is done, and now it's their job. You know? Yes. I I just want to say, Charlie Johnny Depp, who has been known as an alcoholic, 
and very violent man for a long time, you know, and the propaganda machine, the Johnny Depp fans that go to bat for this man mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat, do not, I repeat, do not come to me with that mess. All right. Don't even bother. All right. Because some of y'all really be coming in bold with like the comments. Did you see our latest reel? No, no, I didn't. What, we, what they said. So yesterday, um, our manager, who's awesome, posted a reel about my opinion on Robert Pattinson having racist fans mm-hmm. who didn't like FKA Twigs. And all the comments were like, oh, well, what's he supposed to do about it? Oh, why does he have to say anything about it? There was one guy who's like, I'm white and I have a black girlfriend. And like, I don't see what the problem is. It's like, and what about it? And what about it? Like, Whoosh. I said what I said. I said what I said. The reel is like less than 60 seconds. If you want to hear my full opinion, you can click on the episode on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts. Absolutely. Listen to what I said and then come back to me. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. The reels are a little snapshot, a little taste of what we got going on. You could go and listen to the podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I think with the Johnny Depp case, I'm just going to like, just see how it plays out. Yeah. I know it's going to be messy because a lot of people who are famous are going to be stepping up, namely Paul Bettany, which is like, sir, I like you. Like, I genuinely like you. But if you're going to defend this man who is known as an alcoholic abuser by other people besides his wife, then I simply cannot support mm-hmm. you anymore. Like, Marvel actors just shut up. Stop it! Stop! Your publicist, your agent, your PR manager, they can't... I, I do not believe that Paul Bettany's PR manager was okay with him speaking at this trial. Because the way Paul Bettany does not get into any kind of tea, any ish, nope. nothing. And then here he go. And then here he go. Here he go. Here we are. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, last thing. Oh, are you watching Atlanta? No, no, I'm not. We need to watch Atlanta. Okay. And we need to talk about Atlanta. Did you read Donald Glover's interview that he did when he interviewed himself? No. You didn't? Oh my gosh. Glenn. Glenn. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't Google anything. Don't Google anything. Too late. Keep your hands up the Too late. Look up the picture of him in the diaper. Donald Glover, look up the picture of him in the diaper. Look up the picture of him in the diaper. There, it has to be somewhere. It has to be somewhere. Let me look it up. Where is it? I'm trying to find it myself. Same. Oh, yeah. Donald Glover interviews Donald Glover. That's what it is. Yep. So it's not a diaper, per se. Do you see what? Do you see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. No, that's he... the way to do it. No. He interviewed himself. Like, he was talking to himself. Like, I truly, like, this is a great picture. The The thing is, is that, like, the person who actually, like, took these pictures, he's a very talented photographer. And, like, you know, me, myself, and I, I think, like, okay, this is the part I want to do. This is the part. Look at that. Look. <laughs> Are you afraid of Black women? Why would anybody ask anybody that question? Why would anybody ask that question? Are you afraid of Black women? So if I see Donald Glover in the streets, I should go, boo? Like, what is that? You're scary. You are scary. Mm, I'm horrified. In this article. Mm-hmm, yeah. Donald Glover yeah. himself asked that. 
I mean, that's why there's only been two black women in the show from season one. Yeah, so we have to watch Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about Atlanta because there are a lot of shows like Atlanta that are out, like Atlanta, Rami, shows that are about uh, men of color that center around their own identity and their cultural identity and how it fits into the world, mm-hmm. but rarely ever focuses on the women in their same cultural identity and how women are often reduced to other mother figures or sexual objects. We need to talk about that. Because <laughs> by the time Atlanta's is done, he also has another project called Hive and Chloe yeah. Bailey is starring in it. And so Malia Obama is going to be an EP on it. And it's about a Beyonce-like figure. I want to hold out hope that the show is going to be good, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like it's going to have the same reception as Viola Davis playing Michelle Obama. Yeah. Mm, did you see the did you see did you see the eyebrows the lips oh my gosh first of all first and foremost i don't feel like viola davis was the right pick to play michelle obama Mm. i feel like it should have been possibly one of the less melanated ladies you know what i mean like not to say anything about michelle obama but like viola is very much giving us like beautiful ebony goddess mm, mm. michelle gives us more the coco mahogany she's giving a sienna moment you know what yeah, i mean yeah and so with viola like i love her i will go to bat for viola davis any day of the week i will but not over this not over this because this is not good this is too much you know in some of the pictures and some of the stills it works but like you know, some things you look at it and you're just like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? What's going on? Like, it's not. Yeah. You see how mm-hmm. it's just, it's a whole lot of like, like, I like this picture. I yeah. thought this was cute. Mm-hmm. But this one right here, I don't know. Like, Michelle Obama, I don't know where this was said. I don't know who said what, who said this exactly. But apparently, uh, Michelle Obama is kind of, like, embarrassed by her portrayal in this show. That's so funny. I mean, and, I mean, what what, what can you say to that? Like, I want to say that, like, I'm, I was, I would say I'm embarrassed. I would say that I would like to talk to the casting director and see who made this decision. I would say I didn't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what show is this on? Wait, where's this on? The First Lady? Showtime. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Mm. No. Did you see? There is a um, there's a clip going around on Twitter that was like, uh, 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 you're a coon. Like the Obama in Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's it's like, you spent all this time and all this money on a show only for people to just rip it apart there are plenty yeah. of other actresses who can play by play michelle obama mm-hmm. there are plenty of them and play this what they're like uh, uh, michelle i don't know what to say i'm sorry mm-hmm. viola you're not getting this emmy i don't know what you're getting girl but you ain't <laughs> not this time. Not this time. no babe this is worse than what she did a lifetime movie with jennifer lopez did you ever watch that? Of course I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually kind of good, but then no. I rewatched it recently and I was like, oh, this is just happened. It was a mess. 
it was a mess. It was not because it's Jennifer Lopez and Viola Davis. I was like, I mean, it's Jennifer the fuck. <laughs> I gave it a chance. It was a great. It was kind of good because I was in a lifetime phase. So I was like, oh my gosh, these are two legends. But but I went back to rewatch it. I was like, oh no, this is bad. I'm uh, kind of disappointed in you for watching it to begin with. <laughs> you no fuck no, you. No, fuck no, you fuck no. you fuck you fuck you fuck no, you fuck you fuck you no, fuck you justified that right <laughs> fuck you fuck you fuck you okay <laughs> it's not my fault i had a lifetime phase okay i used to watch Charlie Perry growing up you can't blame me okay i'm growing out of it we're unlearning we're unlearning <laughs> i'm becoming, becoming a better person on the day <laughs> <laughs> i have learned from my past mistakes <laughs> Ooh, I do the serenity prayer every morning and I, you know, just try to keep Medea out of my brain. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Uh, I think, okay. Oh, <laughs> the last thing I want to talk about. Um, so recently, uh, there were, it's so recently in the news, there were these two scientists mm-hmm. that they, they handcuffed themselves to the door of a bank and talking about how the earth is dying. You have 10 years left, all this other stuff, crying. Um, I'm not trying to like, okay. In the way that I'm approaching this, I'm not trying to take away from the danger or the severity of their message. And I'm not trying to say that it isn't important. What I'm saying is that a lot of times when white people approach climate change, they come at it with a very doomsday kind of look to it. They see it in the way that they see a lot of these like apocalyptic movies are, where like there are floods destroying cities and like there's famine and there's like heat waves and all this stuff. And the thing is, is that like climate change has already started destroying many places within the world, like within the globe. Mm-hmm. Like there is a country in Africa that is dealing with a flood that has killed and displaced so many people right now. There are islands that are dealing with climate change. Hawaii is dealing with so much right now. There are towns at the top of Canada that may be underwater in like a months, a matter of months time. And scientists say that we have 10 years to change it. I'm not someone who is, um, has a blind hope in the future. But one thing I know for certain is that there have already been activists and indigenous people speaking about this every single day as loudly as they possibly can to bring awareness to this and the fact that people are only paying attention to these like white men who are like crying in front of a bank it's important yes it's important but at the same time if you need to present climate change in a doomsday scenario in order to get people to change you need to change your messaging like it's important to care about climate change it's important to do your part what you can but at the same time I am not the CEO of a oil company that is pumping waste onto third world nations and producing fossil fuels to the point where it is destroying the planet. That's not me. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. although I am very scared and worried about the future, a lot of the talk that people have around climate change is going towards a place that is not beneficial towards anybody. So I would implore everyone before you take the time to share a message that is going to like make you scared for the future and put like some kind of hold on your spirit that like feels like you can't do anything and makes you feel hopeless, please do your own research and find out things that you can do on your own or find 
multiple ways to help because 10 years is a long time from now and there are things that we personally can do and there are things that like I I don't know maybe it's because I don't believe that things are going to be as bad as they are seem to be mm-hmm. or maybe I'm not going to allow myself to give in to the doomsday scenario because once you give it to like the doomsday scenario you kind of give up on trying to change things yeah you know so I do implore you guys to just take the time to do your own research you know and you know listen to indigenous voices and native people when they're talking about climate change and what we can do to make the earth better you know what I'm saying like it's yeah I'm I just feel like I say this every single time we record I'm tired of people having this outlook on life that is just like completely giving up on like what's next you know completely Mm -hmm. just like resigning themselves to their hopelessness and just like oh it's just the way that it is like am I annoyed that the fact that we have to call our representatives and politicians in order to remind them that they have constituents that they need to care about, have empathy for, and create laws to benefit us and not just benefit their wallet? Yes. Am I annoyed by the fact that Georgia cited to a law that people can carry guns without a permit now? Yes. I am very annoyed by that, and I am really fucking scared about that. But I also know that, like, I can't live every day just, like, living on the edge of my seat. I need to, like, live my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah whatever happens is going to happen is going to happen you know do i fear that like possibly china will go to war with taiwan and try to take it over and that will lead us into the next world war three where we're trying to keep people from going into dictatorships yes i worry about that too but like y'all i'm not biden Mm. i am not kamala harris you know i am not president emmanuel marcon i am simply a girl living in uh the south I'm just, I'm literally like, the one thing I can worry about is finding a new job. Like, that's literally all I can think about right now. So. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for me. Yeah, all right. Uh, anything else you want to say before we sign off, Glenn? No, I think we're all good. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for watching this week's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, feel free to support us um, through Anchor. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Instagram. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acre, wherever you may find your podcast. Share with your family and friends. And we will see you guys next week. Uh, bye, guys. Bye.